You're kind of kind of going without Tate and Timothy. That's right. Is that it? San Diego. That's it. All right, San Diego. All right. So you guys had a good week. We're gonna. How you doing, Hunter? Come get you some. He's been gone a while. Uh, we uh, we're gonna continue in this purpose-driven family. Uh, we're either in part five or six. I lost count. We'll just say continued. Uh, but uh, we're going to be looking at, uh, I think it's fitting we do it on Father's Day. And let me say this, I'll, I'll be, it'd be awful for me to forget this. We had over 100 kids up here every day this week in Awana summer camp. Yeah. So we need to put a, give a special hand to Anna and Robert and the rest of her Awana volunteers for serving those children this week. Yeah. Over. I wish they got to turn around backwards here. See, what are y'all doing to me? Last week it went him up here. Then you're going to turn around backwards where that little knob's going to get me right in my belly when I sit down. <laughs> they ready to get me out. All right. Where do you get this power? We're going to be talking about love-powered uh, parenting. Where do you get this, this power uh, to do what God has caused you to do in your family? Then again, I want to share something quick. Dads, uh, stand up. Men, men, stand up. Dad, stand up. If you're a dad, stand up. Stay standing up. I want to read you something. This is from Every Man a Warrior. It's called, and it just happened to be our lesson for today. Three biblical principles for raising children. Ephesians 6, 4 says this. It is the father's God-given responsibility to train his children. Proverbs 17, 6 says, children get their self-image from what they believe dad thinks about them. Proverbs 18, 21 says, the words, the words spoken to a child will determine his or her destiny. Dads, I'm praying for you. Future dads, I'm praying for you. We're going to pray for you. And if your kids are too grown, are grown like mine, it ain't too late to change your words. It's not too late to change the time you spend with them. It ain't too late for you to take responsibility as a man to give up your toys, your freedom, to be the father. It ain't too late. You have no excuse. None. Nothing can separate you from your children unless you allow it. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray for these men. I pray for some backbone in them. I pray that you toughen them up. I pray that you love them up. I pray that you teach them up so that, you, that, that your word can be passed from them to them.
I pray that they realign their priorities. That instead of playing with their buddies, that they play with their kids. That they teach the word to them. Yippee. And that's a good way to end it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can't get no better than that when some kid hollers, yippee. We pray in their dad for their dad. I mean, talk about an exclamation point. Yeah, amen, yippee, yeah. yip on, yip on. All right, where do we get this power? You know, you know, and what is it that 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 powers your parenting? I think we got to answer that. And what we're going to talk about today, you can apply it to business. You can apply it to, to, to marriage, to, to friendships, in, in every aspect of your life. So you don't have to check out. But we're going to focus on our families and, 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 and today and what powers our parenting. Amen? So don't check out on them. And because some, you know, sometimes we let the wrong thing power our parenting. Sometimes we're powered by fear. We're afraid of what other people are going to think. Amen? We talked about that before. When you're afraid of what other people think, they have become your God. We're afraid of what even our parents will think. And it tends to, to power what we do. And sometimes our parenting is, is, is fueled by guilt. It's powered by guilt. We're trying to we're trying to make up for the divorce. And so it's powered by that. And we know we're not supposed to do that. It wasn't our fault. But still, we let it do it. We're trying to make up for something. And it gets powered by guilt. Parenting sometimes gets powered by responsibility. We, we end up doing the right thing just because we're supposed to, to do the right thing for our kids. And, and that's the power behind it all. And there's a lot of tasks to, to, to parenting. Amen? Y'all know there's a lot of tasks. You, you know, even when they're little, you got to feed them. You got you, you to gotta diaper them. You know, you gotta you gotta put them to sleep. You gotta get them ready for bed. All this stuff. You know, you get them older. You gotta run them everywhere, don't you? You're like a taxi. Luke, when he was 15, I said, "You gotta go get your learner's license." He said, "I'm not gonna get my license till later." I said, "No, you're getting them. <laughs> That's for sure." And he said, well, I'll just fail the test. I said, I'll tell everybody. And they'll make fun of you. <laughs> I said, I'm not going to be your taxi anymore. That may be wrong. But there again, I don't care about your opinion. <laughs> 
you're getting them. <laughs> but our love just becomes powered by task. But it's love. Real, unconditional love. That powers a family. I'm talking about a power that lasts. That lasts. And, 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 and we're going to talk about some, some practical ways to, to plug in to God's love and, and His power. Because guess what happens if you ain't plugged in? You're not going to work. You're not going to work if you're not plugged in. And I know I got four ways on here. I'm only going to talk about two of them today. I don't want to keep you here all morning. It, it's Father's Day. You need to go celebrate the, the Father in your life. But, 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 but just two of them. But, but since parenting is a relationship, it does not end when the kids are grown. Amen. It just does, because it's a relationship. They still need your time. They still need your energy. And we, we got to come to this realization that there is no, we got to come to this, there is no perfect family. There is no perfect family. There is no perfect family members. Amen. You know, I'm always telling Angie, I said, that's your family. <laughs> I'll tell the kids, I said, y'all got some messed up people on your mama's side of the family. <laughs> then Angie would get off, you talking about my side of the family. <laughs> Bottom line is, you, you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. We're not perfect, are we? We are not perfect. I'm going to tell you what, to my kids, I have to apologize a lot. I have to just say I'm sorry. Our parents weren't perfect. Were your parents perfect? No, you're not, you're not perfect either. And I think we can all agree with this. There is no perfect child. No perfect child. Although my mom used to rent me out in Rockmart to folks that needed to see what a good and act like <laughs> saying you know little side money ain't never hurt nobody <laughs> many many times I thought I was a failure as a parent many times and guess what looking around it seems everybody's got an opinion everybody writes a book about it now how to be a better one but when it comes to parenting we need to look at the truth. We need to look at the Word of God. Because it's not just helpful. It's the truth. It's the truth. Nothing is more important than love. This is the truth. Look what Jesus said in Matthew 19, 14. Let the little children come to me. Don't stop them. Because the kingdom of heaven belongs to people who are like these little children. Can't, can't you just see, if you close your eyes and you think about this scenario, 
The, the moms are, 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 are in their uh, uh, villages and, and they're getting their kids ready, man. And they're saying, Jesus is in town. Y- y'all, we've heard of Jesus and we're all going to go see him today. Y'all get ready now. You know, get on the camel and, and, or the, the donkey or the sheep or whatever you ride. Or, but we're going into town and, 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 and we're going to see Jesus. And, 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 and you see him coming. The moms are taking them to see him. Can you imagine the anticipation of the children? We're going to see Jesus. Because, you know, they didn't have uh, Barneys and Teletubbies and all that stuff. They didn't have TV to warp them. Their hero was Jesus. They heard about him, this apostle Jesus. And so these kids are ready to go see him. And, 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 and they get closer and closer. And then one of the disciples jumps in front of him and says, Stop, man. Stop right there. Jesus is tired. He doesn't see a bunch of people today. He got no time for kids. And can you imagine how the parents felt and how the, how the kids felt? But Jesus said, right about the time the disciples stopped him, Jesus said, don't stop them. Don't you stop them. Don't you stop them little kids. Jesus just made them feel valuable. Jesus loves the children. And we can draw strength from the love that Jesus shows our kids. And those kids and our kids, it starts with love. John 13 says this, So now I'm giving a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. Will prove to the world. So we got to love like Jesus. We're to love like Jesus. And this includes, I want you to think about something, people that we're closest to. Because sometimes we can be meaner to the people we're closer to than strangers at food line. My wife's told me before, how come you're not as nice to me sometimes as you are someone we don't know? That's convicting. It's hurt, but it's true. See, we're to love one another, and it includes the people closest to us. Not just those folks we meet in the marketplace or church. Our church. I told y'all before, I've seen it. I've been out there when you didn't see me. And y'all coming up the driveway, it's a long driveway. And y'all just giving each other down the country. <laughs> Get out the car. Hey, Brother Jim, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing real good, but y'all ain't, are you? <laughs> I've seen it. Change in a heartbeat. And if you can change that way in a heartbeat, you can change the other way in a heartbeat. You can be nice to one another. You can control your your temper in the name of Jesus. We got to love our family too. But sometimes it's just harder to love our own family. So how do I bring that love in the family? How do I love like Jesus? Number one is this. I need a better example 
I need a better example. I need a better example. That's E-X-A-M-P-L-E. Just as I. Jesus said, he said, here, I'm an example. He says, just as I. Jesus is, is the model. Because here's the principle on this word is this. I will follow the example that I focus on. We're going to follow the example that I focus on. So who are you focused on? Is it really Jesus? If it was, if it was Jesus you were focused on, then you wouldn't be dissing your ex on Facebook. Did I even say that right, dissing? Sometimes I try to be cool and I'm not. I know that. I know that. But Nick's teaching me. <laughs> Kind of like this. We all tend to have the same kind of marriage our parents had unless we choose a different example. If we don't, we're going to naturally drift to that. Amen? Y'all know what I'm talking about? It's hard to break the power of that example. It's hard to break it. So as parents, we tend to raise our kids the way we were raised. Amen? Unless we have a different example. Some grew up in a quiet home. Y'all know what I'm talking about, a quiet home? Where... As, as we used to say in Rockmart, it's so quiet, you can hear a rat peeing on cotton. <laughs> that wasn't exactly pastoral, was it? <laughs> <Did some? laughs> but that's pretty quiet when you can do that, amen? <laughs> that's what happens when you give me three weeks off. And some of you grew up in a loud home like mine. Loud home. Our kids could sleep through an F5 tornado because they grew up with me. <laughs> Amen. So what if you grew up with a bad example? There's no perfect parent or family. All of us have had some bad example. Some of you had a broken example. And I want to tell you, it's not enough just to try and break a bad pattern. As a matter of fact, trying to, to break a back, bad pattern can actually get you back into the old pattern. Human beings are are strangely wired that way if we just want to get into a pattern. So in order 
to change an old pattern, we got to get a new pattern, a new example. One that we, that we follow. And Jesus is saying, I'm offering it to you. He said, here's a new commandment. And a, and, and a new focus. He said a new commandment because just a new commitment ain't enough. We need something new to follow. We need a new model. Amen? A model. But I'm going to tell you something I found out. The magnet of that old model is super strong. Am I right? It, it, it is. It is super strong. And it keeps trying to pull you back into that old way. So we need a new and, and, a, and, and a stronger magnet of love. Say that with me. Love. It feels good just to say it, don't it? All y'all don't know that because all y'all didn't say it. So let's say it one more time. Love. Now y'all know it. It felt good. I, I think if we stop trying so hard. Follow me here. In our families, I think if we stop trying so hard and start trusting. Start trusting and looking at this, this new commandment that Jesus has given us. It's going to empower us as a parent. Stop trying so hard and just start trusting. Just trust that he's right. That he's a good role model. That he's a good example to follow. 1 Corinthians 11.1 1 says, follow my example. Paul wrote this. He said, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Paul knew he wasn't perfect. But he was following the perfect one. He was telling these folks that didn't know, he said, follow me just like I'm following him. If there's any good in me, it comes from him. Follow me as I follow him. Guys, you and me, we can't erase the home that we grew up in, but we can replace the response to our circumstances with the example of Christ. Amen. Let me, that's worth writing down. If you got a pen, write this down. We can't erase the home that we grew up in, but you can replace the responses to your circumstances with the example of Christ. If you didn't get it, I'll give it to you later. You do not have to be a prisoner of your past. This is a new commandment from Jesus Christ. You're not going to be perfect. And for goodness sake, don't go out on a guilt, guilt trip. Just know that every step in, in the direction of Jesus Christ is, is following him. Every step toward him is following him. And every step toward him and following him is a good step for my family. Amen? He's still working on you. Jesus taught this in John 13. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. He told his disciples this the night before he died. You know what else he did the night before he died? He washed their feet. He washed 
their feet. This is the lowliest job back then. It was a job for the servants. Feet were dirty. They walked around in them in the dirt. They didn't have no shoes like we did. They didn't have no socks. They didn't do many petties. So you can imagine what they looked like. Like claws, some of them probably. <laughs> Climb a, that's how they climbed them palm trees, I guess. I don't know. But you know they look bad. There wasn't nothing pretty about them. But <laughs> y'all know what I'm talking about. Jesus washed their feet. He served them. But in reality, it was a small act. Some of the smallest acts that we do for our children are the most powerful things that we can do. Amen? Let's get practical. We gotta, we gotta, if we're going to get practical, I'm going to give you a practical step with every one of them. We've got to look at the, uh, a model of Jesus. And here's the thing. You can't follow what you can't see. And so I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you this every day. Write this down. Write this down. Every Sunday just about I talk about this. Write down two words. Quiet time. You can't follow what you can't see. And I'm talking about just five or ten minutes a day. Some of you say, Jim, you don't remember what it takes to raise a kid. You just don't remember. It takes all day long from the time we get up to the time we go to bed. Get up before that baby gets up. Five minutes. Five minutes. Five minutes. Just take a couple of scripture. I ain't talking about a whole book. Just look at a couple of the scripture. We talked in my small group this morning how, how Bert told us how each word was carefully picked. By whoever wrote it. Each word was carefully picked. Zoom in. On a couple of words. And, and, and think about that. All day. Five or ten minutes. This is going to do a, make a powerful impact. Because if those kids are going to follow your example of following Jesus Christ. Then you got to see him. If you're going to follow Jesus Christ. Then you got to get to know him. You got to get you get to know someone by by spending time with them. Five minutes, five minutes, and and a few verses are going to make all the difference in the world. Amen. You just can't take them to church on Sunday. I hear so many people all the time. I don't know what happened to them youngs. I brought them to church every time the door was open. I'm going to tell you what they happened to them, Dad. They want you. You are the most influential person in the home. Good or bad. Number two. I need a stronger, if I'm going to love like Jesus, I need a stronger foundation. I need a stronger foundation. Jesus said, I have loved you. Man. When, when you and me, when we can get this truth, that he loves me, that Jesus, the creator of the world, loves me, 
me. Jesus loves me. That's why I think the most, the greatest song in the world is Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. I won't tear it all up with the rest. But I learned that song at New Prospect Baptist Church in Rockmart, Georgia. I don't think that I got the truth of it until I was 28 years old. Jesus loves me. He loves me. It became the foundation of my life. I really got it in my 30s when I gained security and confidence. That he loves me. He loves me. This I know. My security belongs in Jesus Christ. My security doesn't belong in a 401k. My confidence doesn't belong in whether you like me or not. My security belongs in Jesus loves me. He loves me. No matter where, how many rat peeing on cotton jokes I make, Jesus Christ loves me. You can disapprove of my jokes all you want to, but Jesus, my Lord, loves me. And that ain't going to change it, whether you do or not. Amen? It's not. Whatever you do, it's not going to change. And then here's the thing as a parent. What I found out is I will give love because I receive love. I will give love because I receive love. You can't give it unless you receive it. You may not have got it as a kid. But I'm here today to tell you today and to proclaim it as your pastor that Jesus loves you. Unconditionally. And it's up to you to receive that so you can give it. Because you don't need to try to, to make the mistake of trying to love your children out of an empty account. Try to, try to draw from an empty well. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. And he will never love you more or less than he does right now. Because of what Jesus did on the cross. You don't have to earn his love. You don't have to earn it. His love for you is absolutely secure. Secure. The strong foundation is the foundation of God's unconditional love. God loves you on the good days and the bad days. Amen? He loves you on both. Romans 8, 1, I told you before, Romans 8 is my most favorite of all chapter. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation. You can take this to the bank. God's love is never going to be taken away from you. 
And if you know God and you know Jesus is your personal Lord and Savior and you feel condemned, I got news for you. That ain't God. <coughs> that ain't God. That ain't God. You feel condemned because of something uh, inside of you. Inside of you. That ain't God. Feeling condemned is a big sign that you may be on the wrong foundation. Amen? Opinion, opinions of others condemn. And sometimes even our own opinion of ourselves condemns us. But God does not condemn us. Now, no condemnation doesn't mean that we won't have consequences for our actions that we do. But it does mean this, that God is not angry with us. It, it means that, that God will not punish us. It means that God will not reject us. God says, Jim, you, y'all don't ever have to leave my table. Amen. You don't have to leave my table. He says, I've never condemned you. That's not a bad model for our families. What that's saying is, if I'm to model that, I'm to say, Luke, Sarah, you never have to leave my table. I will always love you. I will always love you. I've told y'all that before. I always wanted to be a dad. Always. And at the ripe age of 31, Angie got pregnant. I'm, I was 31. I always wanted to be a dad. And, and so I went to every appointment with Angie. Every one of them. And, 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 and we went to the one where where we was going to hear the heartbeat. This was a long time ago where now you can go in there and just about shake hands with the baby, you know. But, but, <laughs> but, but, but now, you know, you say, what's up, you know. But, but they, they, I'll never forget it. I was standing there thinking, and, uh, and, 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 and they rubbed that, that jelly on, 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 on Angie's baby, and we, we didn't know, our, my, our baby, I shouldn't say this thing, on Angie's belly. They rubbed that thing on there, and, and then they put that, that medical thing on there. But, what's it called? Doppler? Yeah. And so the Doppler was on there, and, and, uh, we, and all of a sudden we heard the heartbeat. And we didn't know if it was a boy or a girl. But I went to talk in my mind to that baby. I said, I'm going to tell you what. I heard that heartbeat, and I started crying. I was in there. I was back there. I said, I don't care what you do. I will never turn my back on you. I said, I don't care what you say. I'll always be your dad. I won't never kick you out. I will never lose you. Well, I messed up on the kicking out thing. But <laughs> I said, I, 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 I'll always love you. Nothing that you will do or say will make me never be your dad. You don't have to do anything for me to love you. I was promising all this to this heartbeat. And then this voice, I know some of you, some of you say you never heard God. 
but I did. I was saying all that, and this boy said, that's the way I love you. That's the way I love you, Jim. I won't condemn you. I'm not going to not be your dad. You'll always have a place at my table. Always. Always. That's the foundation we build on. John 15, 9. I love this one. I've loved you. This is the message translation. I've loved you the way that my father has loved me. Oh, look here. Make yourselves at home in my love. At home in my love. See, my first thought of that is in the recliner, man. With one of them huggy things on. You know, it's a quilt. What's them things called? You put your arms in? Snuggy. You know, I got one in blue. It's a snuggy, you know, and I put, put my arms through it. Ain't no back in it. You cold as all. It's like a hospital gown or something. But, but, but I see that and I'm all snug up. You know, I, when I read that verse, that's what I see. That I'm at home in his love. I'm in the recliner with my snuggie on. But also, we can be at home in our busy moments. I, I see it there too. We can be at home in, and we can be at home in our lunch hour rush at the diner. At, at home in, in, in his love. You can be at home in his love running back and forth to the doctors that some of us do. You can, you can be at home running back and forth to different ball practices. You can be at home in, in his love. Because here's what I'm here to tell you. Things are a lot better at home when we're at home in his love. Amen? You want things to be better at home, get at home in his love. It starts with you. And I'm especially talking to the dads. You want things to be better? You go spend some time with the father. And get in his love. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. I'm winding up, I think. Be imitators of God. Therefore, as dearly loved children and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant and sacrifice to God. Dearly loved children. I think the best thing that you and I can remember is that, that we love because we are dearly loved. We are dearly loved. Guys, we can't get over that fact. We are dearly loved. You want to be a great parent? You want to be a great son? You want to be a great daughter? You want to be a great aunt or, or, or uncle? Then this, realize how deeply God loves you, Nathan. Realize how deeply he loves you. He, he loves you. And, and commit to that relationship with Christ. I'm going to tell you what, you might not have ever committed to a relationship with Christ. I would urge you and encourage you to do that today. To experience that for yourself today and to live in that relationship of unconditional love. Remember, Jesus loves you 
unconditionally. You got to get that. Don't wait until you're, you're, you're my age. Get it now. We're going to baptize Mark Waits here in a little bit. He got it. I guarantee you. How old you? No, don't answer that. You're about my age. He's about my age. I guarantee you he, he would tell you, don't wait. Don't wait till you're there. Don't wait till you're his age. But thank God he did. Thank God he did. And live in that relationship. I want to give you a practical step. Um, write down those verses, Romans 8 and 1 and John 15 and 9 and Ephesians 5 and 1 and 2. Write down those three verses or just take this week and cut them out. But put them somewhere where you can see them this week. You know, whether it be on the dash of your car. On the mirror, on the back of the door when you close the toilet. You know what I'm talking about? I know how y'all are. Because I do it too. Somewhere where you can read them. Just, just tape them up there. Where you can kind of look at them this week. And remind yourself that Jesus loves you. He doesn't condemn you. And home will be better when you're home in his love. If you've never made that commitment, oh, come on up here, man. I'll introduce y'all to the new band members next week. Tate and Tim. <laughs> but if you've never made that commitment, you come on up. We're going to sing. And Mark, if you want to go back there, I'll meet you back there. And uh, I'm going to close this in prayer. Hey, guys. If you've never made that commitment, you come on up. Paxton's here. He'd be ready to pray for you and, uh, and, and help you with that decision. I'm sure we've got some women. If, if you're a girl then you would like to, or, or a lady, you would like to make that commitment. And if you're a dad out there, if you're a man, it ain't too late. If you want to recommit yourself to Jesus Christ and say, I'm going to change. Things are going to be different around my house. You can do that too. Amen? Ain't nothing wrong with you changing. Ain't nothing keeping you from changing except pride. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for a time to gather. I pray that your word and not just my jokes were put out there. I pray that your word soaks and permeates in people's hearts. I pray that lives are changed. And people are saved. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Now don't leave.